0: Hello, friends. This is Iyabo, and today we're going to talk about some things around religion because I had a couple of experiences this week that I kind of just wanted to flesh out and just share with you from a dominance dominance culture perspective, right? So, as you probably know, I am a Christian, and um very in tune with my my faith. And I am aware, because of the interfaith work that I do, that today in America, we have what's what's often called Christian hegemony, which is also known as Christian dominance, right? So when I talk about race, and we're talking about white people being the dominant race, the reality is that also for me as a Christian, I have the, I have, I'm part of the dominant faith. So weekends are, you know, like Sunday is my Sabbath, um, Christmas, everybody knows Christmas, Easter's coming up, pretty much all the stores have Easter stuff in them. And of course things are getting better in the world with, with being more tolerant of other people's religions. But I had a couple of experiences this week that reminded me that I am in the dominant religion. And I I kind of put that in an overlay, uh, as an overlay over racial issues and white people being in the dominant culture. And I think the language I was able to come up with is that we always need others to help us see our blind spots. So with that being said, let me start out by going over three things that I know um, the three religions we're going to talk about and why the timing of this podcast is important. Right now, today is April 3rd, 2022, when I'm making this recording. And Passover is coming up for our Jewish siblings, right? And Passover marks the liberation of enslaved Jewish people from that were enslaved in Egypt, right? And so it begins on the 15th day of Nisan, which is the seventh month in the Jewish calendar. And um, for Muslims right now, we're in Ramadan. And Ramadan, we... I'll say Ramadan Mubarak which means blessed Ramadan or Ramadan Kareem which means generous Ramadan and the simplest way to wish them is to talk to them is to say you wish them a happy Ramadan right and that's it that's all that concerns us the other thing I want you to know I was doing a podcast that I'll probably distribute next week with an imam and we talked about how for Ramadan, it's 30 days of fasting. So the first 10 days you focus on mercy and compassion. The second 10 days is about forgiveness. And the third 10 days is about emancipation. So I immediately noticed about the liberation that Passover celebrates for Jewish people and emancipation. And all of this um, also works with Easter. And Easter is coming up in April, and it is on the first Sunday after the Paschal full moon, the first full moon that occurs after the vernal equinox, which generally signifies the beginning of spring in the northern hemisphere. We know Christians stole the language of Easter from pagans, as it was their spring celebration, and we um, some Christians will call it Resurrection Sunday, and not. Easter Sunday but it is about redemption and and resurrection and liberation like being free just totally free of the constraints of that being in these bodies on this planet puts us in and that includes racism and that includes all the oppressions right so one I wanted to note that these three holidays were happening at the same time and it's the first time in 33 years but i also in the past month in the past week had two incidents i want to talk about um i'm grateful for this reminder of liberation because to me liberation is about learning to be free from the constraints that oppression puts on us and oppression can be religious oppression can be societal and cultural And so this this is just a beautiful thing for me. So one, the Islamic Speakers Bureau had a big shinding last week. And it was really sad for me because they did not feel comfortable enough to say where the event was going to happen. And it happened at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Atlanta. So I think maybe it was a day or two before the event that I got the notification of where it would be with the email saying, you know, basically, please don't tell anybody if they're not invited, and this is about safety. So our Muslim brothers and sisters do not feel safe to advertise that they're having this big shindig at the Hyatt Regency. Just remember that. Then um, the other incident I'll tell you about in a minute, but anyway, so I go to this shindig, I take a shawl because it was a windy day to cover my shoulders. And I also had sense enough to take or awareness enough to take a scarf because I knew I was going to be with Muslims. And most conservative Muslims, they may say, would you please cover your head as a woman? Like if I'm going into a mosque, I would cover my head because that's the appropriate and respectful thing to do. Well, I was going down the elevator with the person I went to the, the escalator with the person I went to the event with. And lo and behold, I said, oh my gosh, all day long, I have been waiting for this. I can't wait to have a glass of wine. And the person with me was like, what do you mean wine? This is a Muslim event. That's not going to be any wine. I was like, duh. And lo and behold, there was water, there was iced tea, and there was lemonade. That's it. I was like, what do you mean no wine? It's a huge swank, high-end affair at the Hyatt Regency in Atlanta. Why do you mean no wine? So anyway, there was no wine. And my point of that story is how you may know a little bit here, but you don't know a little bit there, right? You cannot know everything. So you got to laugh at yourself and enter into the orbit of the other and sit down and learn. Right. That's the basic premise I'm, I'm giving you an example of. And that was my own Christian hegemony. I'm, a, a, I'm part of the dominant culture of this USA as a Christian. Being Muslim is a minoritized culture in this USA. And that's what happens. We don't know enough about them and they end up knowing everything about us, right? That was my, my, my whole point with that. And there was an interfaith prayer said at this event and um, it was beautiful, just beautiful. Now, let me go on to talk about the incident with, with um, my Jewish friend. So my Jewish friend went to a wedding, and at this wedding, it was a Christian and a Jewish person getting married. And there had been some tension with the Jewish part of the wedding party, but okay, whatever, and it was out in the country somewhere, um, whatever. And my friend, my precious, precious, precious friend who went to this wedding, came back from the wedding and called me and was very upset because pork was served at the rece- at the wedding reception and shrimp and there was really nothing kosher about the reception. And, you know, you can't mix meat and cheese uh, or milk products and that. Anyway, basically they left the reception and went to get fast food to begin their drive back to wherever. And um, also, it was just a tense time for my friend. So she calls me and she's lamenting and saying I felt so othered. And there were a bunch of um, reasons rightfully so for her to feel othered. And because this is the area of work I do in terms of inclusion, I showed my whiteness big time. And my internalized whiteness, as I call it, was that I was like, huh, well, it's okay if they had pork there, if they want to have pork, but maybe it could have been on one side of the room and not the other side of the room. And then she said, Jesus was just always being said. And I was like, well, why can't Jesus be said? You say your, the Jewish prayers and they say their Jewish, their Christian prayers and you know you can't say they shouldn't say jesus but she said do you know what has been done to the muslim uh jewish community in the name of jesus how we are told jesus um the jews killed jesus and i'm like well the jews didn't kill jesus it was the romans and the powers that are uh, or were and jesus was a rabbi anyway and Blah, blah, blah. And she ended up saying, yeah, but I cannot finish this conversation with you right now. Let's talk later. And then later when we brought it up again, I was trying to do the same thing and say, but what's wrong with park? Like they should just have had your your kosher food in a different part of the hall. Okay, so that was the issue between me and my friend. And then I talked to a couple of other people and I finally got it right what i did was i brought my intellect to address an issue for her or with her when she needed my emotional empathy and support so let me take this as um a moment to explain something to you compassion consists of three things when we use this umbrella compassion and don't forget the first 10 days for the muslims is Compassion, right? Mercy and compassion. There's empath, um, emotional empathy, cognitive empathy, and then compassionate action. So cognitive empathy is what you need in your intellect to understand what's going on so you can bring a solution to alleviate the suffering of the person, right? So this is the EMT guy who has to get to the bleeding person in the accident, stop the blood, have the brains and skills to bring relief to the person that has just been injured. That's cognitive. Now, if you only stay in your cognitive empathy lane, you end up being clinical and cold because you just bring the the, the resolution and you move on. Your emotional um, empathy is that social worker that claims to have compassion burnout, which is very common in the field, because they only stay in the emotional empathy lane all the time. And what you need is to be able to toggle between your emotional empathy and your um cognitive empathy and go back and forth and balance them out, right? So if you have lots of cognitive empathy, you also need some emotional empathy. That's the doctor's bedside manner, right? And if you're emotional, um, if you're an emotional empathic person, you need to tap into your cognition of your empathetic cognition so that you can balance that out and not get What we call compassion fatigue, which is really compassion fatigue or burnout, which is really emotional, empathic um, burnout or fatigue. And then when you have those two present, you're then equipped to take effective, compassionate action. Compassion has to be an action and not just the emotions of it, right? A lot of times people will say, oh, I felt so compassionate, right? We're dealing with Ukraine right now. What is the empathic thing to do? Fix the problem, send money, do this and that. And that's fine, but don't do it out of toxic charity, out of I have and you don't, and it's my job to take care of you and tell you how to be in the world, okay, that was a little detour on what compassionate components are. What I did with my friend, going back to my Jewish friend, was I showed up empathically in my cognition. I expressed empathic cognition for her, and not, and what she needed was emotional. Um, empathy, not cog- cognitive empathy, and there was absolutely nothing I could do that would have been compassionate action at that moment, except go over there with a glass of wine or a bottle of wine and say, "Girl, let's sit down and talk about this crap. I am so sorry you went through all this. What do you? What can I do to just make you laugh and make you feel better? Maybe send her." cute dog videos or something to just make a laugh and release that energy right so the reason i'm telling you this nice long story and giving you the background for jews and muslims at this time of the year and our overlapping holidays is that i found myself as i reflected about it thinking about um racial dominance right and how we superimpose whiteness on every single thing, and we say this is the way it should be, right? And that's what I was doing when she needed my emotional empathy. I was using my Christian dominance to, to address. A uniquely jewish issue for her because i did feel defensive about my jesus and heck if you want pork in there have pork in there and why can't we say jesus right i was feeling and empowered with the christian dominance to be defensive and isn't that what happens a lot of times when you say to a white person, I walked into that store and this white person asked me if I worked there, or I'm being followed around in the store and and then you as the white person say, they weren't following you. How do you know that? Or well, they just made a mistake and didn't know you worked in the store or Well, we don't know why the police stopped George Floyd. They must have been right to stop him. Let's see what happens. We don't have all the facts, right? And then you feel attacked when someone says, but you're not believing my story. It is the emotional empathy aspect that causes us to believe each other's story. So my question for you after you listen to this podcast is what have you learned and what resonated with you and how are you as part of the dominant culture learning to, re- to open up opportunities for your blind spots to be removed because this really opened up my blind spots around my Christian dominance right? Do you see that? Have, I hope I explained that well enough. And I'd love your response in the comments. And reach out to the Muslim community and say Ramadan Mubarak. Because when I was on this po- podcast today, I heard how Muslims are often bullied for fasting during Ramadan, right? By Christians oh, you can't eat, you're fasting. Here, let me eat this burger in front of you. You okay? Ha, ha, ha. That's not okay. Respect the liberation that the Muslims are seeking. The same way we respect our Jewish siblings and their kosher rules around and laws around food and who they are and the suffering that they went through as a people through the Holocaust and how we have used the name of Jesus in such abusive ways that 6 million Jews and 10 million people were killed as a result of that name. And I don't believe that's the liberation that we want. And so for my Jewish siblings for Passover, we celebrate your liberation as you, as you were released from Egypt, right? And for us as Christians, we also celebrate our redemption and and liberation, resurrection through Easter, right? So yeah, that's what I got to say about it. And I so want to hear your comments. I appreciate you. Be well.